Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Your Own Mind. I am joined here by... Hi, I am Alex Bronson. And I am Owen Dimitri. Today we're going to be talking about subjective well-being. Um, and I feel like this is a great first, you know, topic to start off with due to uh, certain events that are going on in our world right now and just kind of that craziness of it um i feel well-being is something that everybody needs to be aware of and well i guess one person's well-being isn't the same as the next right totally yeah and so just gonna kind of jump in here with just a basic overview of what subjective well-being is and kind of the concept of it so the the concept of subjective well-being kind of falls within what's called the hedonic perspective and it kind of defines well-being or happiness as being fundamentally about maximizing pleasure and or avoiding slash minimizing pain in our lives um this is different from the eudiomic perspective which uh waterman in 1993 stated is where one lives in accordance with one's diamon or true self this perspective focuses on the meaning in life and self-realization and the extent to which a person fully integrates this into his or her life. I feel like right now, specifically, the hedonic perspective is kind of more apt for what we are doing, which is kind of maximizing happiness in our lives and avoiding and minimizing pain, which, you know, could be physical, mental, whatever you want to say it. Yeah, yeah. To make it like poetically short, I guess, positive psychology is essentially the study of what makes life worth living psychologically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I think that's a great way of going about it. Um, but yeah, going on more about subjective well-being, just briefly, kind of like there's three main components of it. There's life satisfaction, positive affect, and negative affect. Um, and according to Anders and Whitney in 1976 and Lucas et al. in 1996, these are independent factors that should be measured and studied separately. Um, therefore, the presence of positive affect does not mean the absence of negative affect and vice versa. Um, but anyway, so that's just kind of my brief overview and very scientifically perspective of what subjective well-being is. Uh, Alex, do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, what what I find interesting about subjective well-being and sort of positive psychology in itself is um, how it's straying away from typical what we think typically about psychology is like the diagnosis of mental illness and the quote-unquote victimologists that we become like trying to find mental illness, trying to like get people who are struggling and how to lift them up but this is finding how to make people happier or people who are neurotypical maybe who are just like a bit sad how to like boost them up and find um find ways to be happier in your normal life yeah it's more about um finding like i guess my interpretation of positive psychology is more of finding ways with like in yourself and like what's around you to boost yourself instead of, you know, going to a therapist or something else to become happier. Just like looking at the little things. Um, Yeah. And it's more of like a positive intervention Mm -hmm. as opposed to like 
if you really have a problem, then you address the problem. It's like making yourself have this homeostasis and a positive outlook before anything bad happens. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's um, really important, uh, especially nowadays. Like, I mean, we're kind of contained <laughs> right now, and there's there's not much we can go out and yeah. do. And um, having this viewpoint on like, okay, what is in my life that makes me happy, right? Um, like, what are these little mm-hmm. smaller things that boost my well-being i mean for life satisfaction like some examples that are given here right uh i think my life is great i'm satisfied with my job and like some causes of those may be a good income achieving one's goal or high self-esteem and like there's lots of things can't that can like give you life satisfaction i mean being able to work from home i am very lucky in the fact that i can do that as a media editor for the vanguard um and like yeah. because of that, I'm satisfied with my job, and like I'm able to do that. Um, so it's like a cause of that, and I'm looking at that and appreciating it, which is therefore increasing my well-being. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy to be a guest on the show while I'm while I'm doing school as well. It gives me a something to focus on and something to yeah, do. Yeah, because you're a psych major, right? I am. Yeah, I'm a I'm a junior as a as a psychology major. So this is very uh, very up applicable to what i'm studying have you done um much on positive psychology um we've touched on it briefly in um intro to psych Mm -hmm. but other than that not very much as opposed to i've uh like studied it like on my own just out of some interest as well well what what else do you have uh, to say on it I'm curious as to your thoughts on subjective well-being and positive psychology. Um, so I was looking into it, and um, Martin Seligman, one of the, uh, I guess, the founding fathers of positive psychology, mm-hmm. he was um, he was head of the uh, psychological association. I, I want to say in like the early two thousands. Okay. Um, and he broke down a subjective well-being, like happy life, happy lives into like three different categories. Mm-hmm. And the first one is a pleasant life. That is a life where you find as many pleasures as possible and looking for any way to amplify them. And this is the uh, this is the weakest um of the happy lives it's it's heritable so um like people like 20 to i want to say 30 percent uh of people like have this as oh sorry uh like it's very like people inherit this gene to like find the maximum amount of pleasure out of things in life Yeah, and it's also habitual. So the more you do something pleasurable, the less of an effect it has. Like think of like eating a tub of ice cream, right? Like the first bite is amazing and like second and third bite are good too. But after like you eat most of the tub, you like, <laughs> you don't feel great and it doesn't taste as yeah, good, you're right? you reduced to tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um the next the next one is a good life 
And this is finding the balance between uh, pleasure and flow. Mm -hmm. And I think I think flow is a really important thing in positive psychology. And um, he touched on uh, identifying the strengths and recrafting them to fit in your own life. So like finding a something things that you're good at and incorporating them into your life like strategies you can use them and you're like in your love in your work in your studies things like that does he provide any strategies um he uh gave an example of like someone who was working through school and was working as a like a a bagger at a grocery store Mm -hmm. And she was one of her big strengths was uh, she was very sociable and she loved uh, social interactions and people and she was very good at it. So um, she did not like the job, but she felt she made a goal uh, for herself was to make this few minutes she had with people checking out as the best customer service experience throughout their day or one of the most pleasurable conversations that they had in a day. Okay. So you just find this pleasure out of the things that you're good at and find a way to do that in your regular life to have that, that flow. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's actually, that's, that's really interesting. Um, and I think that's something that is, I mean, we should strive for more because, you know, there's, I think as a society, we're very much turned towards the idea of like money brings happiness, buying things brings happiness, and like not really looking at like small things and turning our strengths into happiness. And I think right now, more than ever, we're having to realize that and focus on it more, yeah. which I think is great, honestly. I think. I mean, not to be anti-capitalist. I mean, I am a finance major. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, we we do spend a lot of money on just stuff we don't need, and I think, um, actively, like finding happiness in the things we already have, and like spending this time at home, and like just looking around, and like maybe turning some of our strengths that we have currently into something that can bring us happiness is something that's very good and we should probably continue to do that even past yeah, this yeah. Uh, crisis and once it's ended. Yeah, and that segues well into the um, into the third type of life, is the meaningful life. Mm-hmm. So it focuses on knowing your strengths, just like the good life, but taking those strengths and using them in service of something larger than you. So this is the most... I guess the most idealist of the lives, mm-hmm. right? So it's taking like those aspects and wanting you to put them out in the community, be sort of more philanthropic with how you live your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like giving back. And you said like, this is the most um, proven to have longevity of subjective well being, but the ultimate goal is to have a combination of all three yeah no for sure and like the whole um giving back i'm not surprised by that as at all i mean if you look at um 
data for like you know mean satisfaction acro across the world um socialist countries are actually some of the most like or some of the happiest countries in the world because like they just have less to worry about and they're like you know they're working together and looking out for each other uh, mm -hmm. like Nordic countries are a great example of that. And actually, not to dive too much into finance and economics here, but um, one of the indicators that a lot of economists look at as to like how a country is doing economically is the mean happiness of that country. Because it's great and all to like have a high GDP and like to export a lot of goods. But I mean, if your citizens aren't happy, then what's the point, right? doesn't mean that there's going to be yeah. spending in the country so by having a happier country it's just it's better for everyone and i think by helping out your neighbors and being more philanthropic in life um even if you don't have a lot you know you can volunteer at food banks give blood i mean as i like to say something is better than nothing so even doing something small like creating a community uh library like you see those around actually portland every so often um there's just like a little bookshelf library thing sitting out and like people take one they leave one and it's just a good way to spread totally. spread cheer and like make everybody's lives a little bit better totally and there's like just any way you can like build a community or make it better and you can even do it on a microscopic scale i mean like if someone missed a day of class and you notice like you can offer to give them some notes yeah. it's like even that kind of thing yeah, I actually, I hear quite often, right, like, I hear stories of people who have, like, been on buses and, like, take the same route to work every single day. And they notice somebody's gone for a day or somebody else notices they're gone for a day and then the next day they're back. They say something and, like, it makes it makes that person stay um, because it shows that somebody else is noticing you exist instead of you just existing in life and, like, going around loneliness. It's It's a social connection. I mean human beings are social animals and so i mean even doing this not to go too much into what we do for our own uh well-being but like even just doing this podcast and having this discussion is a good way to kind of increase our general well-being because we are having this social um contrast or discussion yeah and we're and we're talking about it and we're talking about ways that we can improve our lives and be i mean better people essentially i mean like if we're if our subjective well-being is happier we're happier in general and we're more willing to give back to the community i think yeah i mean there's also quite a lot of positive outcomes from having a high subjective well-being um diener and tay in 2012 uh lou Ber berminski king and diener in 2005 both showed um kind of some positive outcomes of uh like high well-being first of all i mean there's health and longevity mm -hmm. um basically having happy and optimistic people generally have stronger immune systems inferior cardiovascular diseases in the long run um, they're also more likely to perform healthy behaviors such as wearing seat belts adhering to medical regimens and they always seem yeah. to live like yeah. on average a longer life than people who don't and Something else I find very interesting as well. So I personally, I, I scuba dive. And like, it's a very fun activity. It's very calming, relaxing. But on average, scuba divers mm -hmm. tend to like live longer because, well, one, they're keeping in shape so they can, they can do the activity they want to. But like also, yeah. it's a very fun activity. And like, you know, they're 
able to do it and like having a higher well-being yeah which is which is wild right like who who knew that just being happy increases your not only your quality of life but your longevity of life yeah well i think um stress uh actually um like will like restrict blood flow to the rest of your body and therefore make Mm -hmm. your heart uh work harder um freshman year actually uh when i took intro to psych as well uh, my psych teacher gave this really interesting lecture on stress and this is something i kind of i would love to talk about in a future episode but briefly stress is good for you if you believe it's good for you Mm -hmm. it's like this really wild um like concept right like if you believe stress is good for you it's actually healthy for you to have like a certain amount of stress and like as you go you can take on more and more and more amounts of stress as long as you tell yourself stress is good like you actually perform better on tests by telling yourself stress is good than not yeah yeah that's uh that's pretty wild and it's like exposure right like the more stress you can build up incrementally the more you can deal with it, right? Yeah, exactly. And then in my uh, in my motivation psychology class last term, we talked about how um, how stress is actually invaluable for getting things done. Mm-hmm. Like you need you need a little bit of stress um, plus the work ethic to um, have the capacity to get your goals done and finished. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but I think on that note, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're just going to talk about what Alex and I do for ourselves to, you know, improve our well-being throughout our lives. And maybe a couple of tips that um, you guys could take or if you want to try out some of our stuff, you're more than welcome to. Anyway, we'll discuss that after the break. Hello, everybody. All right, we're on break here. I have a few short of announcements here um but as you may or may not know my name is owen dimitri i'm the media editor for portland state vanguard their newspaper and i just wanted to let you know we have multiple podcasts so beyond this one which is your own mind we also have a lovely architecture podcast called architecture there we discuss different architectural concepts um as well as the finances behind it. I'm one of the co-hosts on it, as well as Zane Boss and Felipe Flores. Uh, next episode, actually, we're going to be talking about sustainable architecture and then also well-being architecture, which will be a very fun episode. Both of those are going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. Then also, our very first podcast that we started running back in October, Situational Significance. We still have that. We're still going with it. Um, expect an episode from that within the next few weeks or so still trying to get things figured out for that but hey we're still bringing you podcasts amidst all this craziness so be sure to check it out also check out the other lovely articles from our print section online at psuvanguard.com that's gonna be it for this very brief uh announcement section hope you guys are all enjoying this episode i certainly am and we'll see you after the break Hi there, this is Alex Bronstein, a junior at PSU. I'm here with Owen Dimitri. Hello. Welcome back to our episode on positive psychology and subjective well-being. Um, we 
are back from the break just to talk about what we do to improve our subjective well-being. Yeah. So, Alex, why don't you tell us uh, kind of a couple of like your items as as like what you do to like help yourself in these trying times? Sure. Yeah. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is running. So I ran a bunch in high school. I haven't done it for, I want to say like four years, five years, but I have recently started running every day from once the, um, the in-home quarantine has started. Mm -hmm. So I am taking paths obviously to uh, respect social distancing um, not going around where a lot of people are but I am finding that this is really helping me clear my head um, it's definitely like taken me into a like a flow state where I can like I can think about like what I need to do mm-hmm. like it makes me feel more in tune with my body less uh less stagnant from like being in home all day yeah. that kind of thing yeah well i mean kind of just going off of that like exercise is actually shown to really help like combat well depression like sadness and like it's a really good way to like combat stress and like all these other mm-hmm. things which is stuff that you may be feeling just being cooped up at home and so running biking i mean even just doing a walk like around the block or something to get outside and of course respect social distancing we all need to do that but doing something to like get that blood pumping or even to go outside i mean something i i like to do is just taking a walk like even if like around the block down the street whatever or of course a hike hikes are a little bit trickier right now because everybody else is wanting to go out for a hike so you need to you know find a good spot but just any of those where you can get out get some fresh air just clear your head um and yeah i yeah i started doing that because i I just needed a new activity to get myself going and like the first few days of staying in home i was like you know we have zoom classes so i was just doing my zoom classes in bed (laughs) and pretty much staying in in bed all day after that and i was i was feeling pretty lethargic and not too great about myself and this is this has kind of kept me up and going. Um, yeah, that was like one of the great things about like having classes downtown at PSUs. I mean, I had to walk like <laughs> yeah up and down a hill twice a day um, to like not to mention like all of like the multiple levels of stairs to get to different classrooms oh, yeah. in the building. That too, like walking to the Mac stop and like also walking around downtown and like different coffee shops, whatever. Plus the stairs, like you actually got a decent amount of exercise just doing that. Which is great, to be honest. I love I love that routine. Yeah, but I mean, who knows when we'll get back to that. Um, certainly. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> certainly not until after summer. Uh, but yeah, I think that's great. Um, what else? Yeah, what else yeah. do you have? Um, yeah, another thing is, um, so not being able to see many friends, obviously. Um, I've been trying to uh, at least video chat or... Mm-hmm call a friend like every day or every other day yeah i've started playing playing video games with my friends while i'm video chatting them Mm -hmm. to make it 
you know, playing video games with friends is fun, but it's a little more like an immersive experience, just like of like maybe it would be to like just hang out with them to like have a video open and just yeah, because like there's only so much you can do, you know, like while chatting with them, right? Like yeah, if you're like in person, it's I find it's very different than away and so that's actually that's something my friends and i have been doing as well um is you know using discord to talk to each other while playing video games we actually we have like a whole minecraft server running where we have a bunch of different friends which can just hop on and then we can just chat if we want to but it's still like a good social fun experience that like we would yeah just to like have an activity to do together is just is just really nice and having that um that social interconnection, I think, is is really important, especially especially now when people are ostracizing themselves. Yeah, I feel like most of the complaints I've heard about quarantine is like the whole lack of social, and it's been from like you know the extroverts. I mean, I'm definitely an introvert. <laughs> um, oh, me too, for sure. But I, I do I do miss the whole you know social aspect, and so having the video games has been something that's been really nice and. Uh, my friends and I have like had time to play more together and besides yeah classes so all in all it's just a really good activity I find yeah and like as an introvert it's really nice to have like a designated activity to do with people as well yeah and I'm not gonna get like uh, not yelled at but like shamed for like staying inside when it's so nice out playing video games like oh no I'm just socializing with my friends now <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm doing something other than other than homework. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and something else I find as well, like if you have this opportunity, it's great. Not everybody has. I'm very lucky in the fact that I I mean, well, I still live at home with my family cuz Portland rent's insane. Um but we we have a yard. So if you do have a yard or have an opportunity to socially distance while being outside i find reading outside is really nice or even doing some homework outside can be can be very nice if you mm. have like a yard and like are able to do it safely or do some work outside yeah yeah i think that's a great idea just getting getting some some sun i think is is really healthy as well yeah i mean beyond just like you know being out in the sun and being outside um sunlight has a capacity to actually improve your mental health quite a lot and also mm-hmm. vitamin d boosts your immune system um which is one of the reasons why we see seasonal diseases like the common cold or the flu go away in the summer is because people have uh, hardier immune systems and well they're also not spending so much time inside so yeah having that like yeah. opportunity to be outside can actually be really beneficial for your mental health yeah, and of course, um, fresh and less stagnant air is great for your lungs and your well-being as well. Yeah, yeah. And kind of like the last thing I wanted to talk about, which I, I push everyone to try at least a couple of times or get into a rhythm of, is meditation. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's one of the things you do, right? Yeah, it is. Um, I I still use an app to lead me through them because I personally find it very hard to do meditation without one um and like yeah i don't i don't think there's any wrong way to meditate no there's any way you can free your mind and like where it be guided where it be internally guided i think is all equally valid yeah 
Definitely. I mean, I just to like recommend one app, my personal preference, not not shelling out at all here, <laughs> um, but it's called Stop, <laughs> Breathe, and Think. Uh, I believe it's on iOS and Android. I know for sure it's on iOS, but I personally really enjoy it because it allows you to kind of like check in with yourself, choose what emotions you're feeling, and then it'll recommend um, a list of meditations based off of that. And like, it's really nice. Their sleep mm-hmm. one I use all the time. Because it's just a way Ooh, to... I might try that. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I have a hard time falling asleep a lot of times, so that's, like, a really good one to kind of clear my head, center myself, and then, like, get into that, like, you know, bedtime flow state. Uh, yeah, I do, t- I do too. I might try that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend it. Um, but, I mean, there's a bunch of different apps out there. Uh, a lot of them have subscriptions. This one does too, but a lot of, like, the sleep one does isn't required for the subscription. Um, yeah, I've seen YouTube videos too, like guided meditation stuff like that. Yeah, so again, there's like lots of options out there. Um, there's books on it, and it's it's something I recommend to everyone to try. Like especially now, like you have the time in the evenings because you're not going out anywhere. You can like sit down, just meditate for even like two minutes, and it'll like you'll begin to see a difference over time. Like the more you do it, the easier it gets, and it's. Well, it's like an exercise. Yeah, and even if that means just like sitting down and trying to breathe deeply and exist in your body, that that also counts as meditation. Yep, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Do you have anything else, Alex? I I, I think I'm I think I'm good. Sweet. Yeah. Um. But. Well, thank you everybody for listening in to our inaugural episode of Your Own Mind. Um, I've I'm Owen Dimitri, and I am Alex Brownstein. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode in about a month or so. Um, super excited to bring it to you, and hopefully, Alex will join us for episode two. Of course. Alrighty. Thank you. Goodbye, and have a good rest of your day or evening. See ya.